hello and welcome back to the last in a series that we've been doing of echoing a new narrative in all of the mountains. And today we're finishing up with, I think, what could be, at this time in history, the most important narrative to um, echo from heaven and not from earth. We are growing... The mountain of government. The mountain of government. We are growing more and more aware of the reality of evil's agenda within this area of culture that was ultimately meant, like all areas of culture, to reflect who our God is and what he's like. And in the mountain of government, he is king and he has all power. Um, and yet what he protects with all this power that he has is our right we call it a right. It is a privilege to free will. And we're going to talk some about that and how that plays out in this area of culture. But um, I'll just kick it off with this thought. I was thinking about how, you know, in each of these areas of culture, we have determined a general basic lie that the enemy is using the broken systems that we've set into motion in culture to promote about God. So the lie that he's telling through our broken governments right now, um, when we wrote about this and researched and just right. got revelation from the Lord on it, we were in a completely different... Um, stage of awareness, may we go. Stage of awareness. In fact, when did we write uh, Rainbow God, the book that came before the Rise book? That was... Uh, 2012... Yeah, 15 at the latest might have been, right, it was 12, 2012. 2012. I'm so bad with dates, I can't believe I finally got yep. our correct date yeah, that or was, something. that was correct. Okay, so um, we originally wrote about this in Rainbow God, these lies that the enemy is perpetuating about God through just the broken ways that we set culture into motion. Well, at the time, Johnny and I, our understanding was that, yeah, there's evil in the world. We did not understand how organized profoundly organized evil actually is. But it still all stems from just this one enemy who loathes God and therefore the only thing he can really do to, to hurt our father is to come after the object of his affection, which is all, all of his creation, his sons and daughters. And these lies that he tells, I believe, are, are actually him projecting his own heart towards us onto God. And so in this area of culture, government, the basic lie that, that we put out there as, as a, a revelation that we received was that God doesn't care about us. Well, that was pretty easy to see because before things got really bad with government, it was more just the inconvenience of dealing with government. You felt like you're just a number right. to government. You, you're There's nothing special about you. An experience at any DMV, Department yeah. of Motor Vehicles, would, would reiterate that lie to your heart. That you, Get a number. You're a number. You're, Get in line. <laughs> and, and we don't care about you, you know? Um, but if you think about it, like, that lie hasn't changed. It's just he really doesn't care about us. The enemy really doesn't care about us. God truly, deeply cares about us. But the, the agenda and the false narrative that is continuing on in 
in this specific time in history and becoming more uh, obvious, he truly, uh, our governments truly don't care about us. Governments um, that are run by anywhere from just people that are there for their own purposes and to make themselves feel important and purposeful in life to more sinister, you know, uh, deep state type um, people, they they have have continued on making choices that affect every single nation on earth rooted in this one lie that's that's actually the truth about it's a lie about God but the truth about Satan which is he does not care about us and how do you overcome that so that's what we're going to get into today and I'll let you take take it from here yeah so you know part of I think in our learning curve of the last three two or three years um you know there's been awareness that government is full of corruption and that things are run by money and in that kind of way. And so, and that the enemy is, is there and he wants to take over government and all that. I think what we learned, that was a surprise. So we're not surprised at Satan manifesting his desire to kill, steal, and destroy on the mountain, through the mountain of government, both of them. What we didn't realize is that how many subjects were willingly working with mm. him and the intentionality of it to the point like if we're just real all that there there is no presently no real democracy on plan, on the planet there is um if you picture the seven mountains the mountain of government at the top of the mountain of government we'll say the gatekeepers there they're not going to allow anyone to the top place of influence unless he has been compromised in some way so essentially blackmail runs the entire uh, mountain of government worldwide. And you can blackmail in, in several ways. The blackmail of choice for any really important position all across the planet, we found that this is the part that was surprising. Not that it was blackmail, but that the blackmail of choice, they don't feel like they have secured the person in blackmail unless it's pedophilia. And so that being, uh, that being the reality was a surprise. Not that it didn't exist some, but that it was really that that was the calling card that's that's what allowed you in so we know uh, you know having interacted with government people for many years we hear about bribes threats threats and bribes have always been a part of the picture but then those um compromise that kind of way and so, so it's created just to make sure um you're not saying what i know you're not saying but are you saying that every person who's been in a leadership position in government has been compromised in this way of pedophilia? Not every, of course but it's, not. Yeah. but it's many incredibly, it's not just many, it's above 90% at the governmental, at the high governmental level. This in recent years, in is, our nation or in all nations, all nations, this is the way it, this is the way it operates. And, and um, this is something that you feel like is going to be, revealed but you just kind of know it now well i think it that's what's being revealed to me this is quite obvious the whole epstein island if people have seen the list of names and they're still waiting for the the bulk of the names it is government leaders we know the united states it is government it's really leaders of all the seven mountains but particularly government i won't name the presidents but it's multiple presidents of other nations already um 
that have been in some way spotlighted, highlighted. And so um, this is, this is, uh, it is, it's already been revealed at some level and it's going to be revealed, I believe, at a whole nother level with the information that we're, we're waiting for. But we understand that's, that's how it functions. And, you know, some of it is just, uh, it, some nations may not be considered important, we'll say, by the ruling, uh, the falsely ruling New World Order, the globalists, they maybe maybe don't care. There, there could be, especially at lower levels, it doesn't mean that there's not some democracy, lower levels of government, say the mayor, a, a mayoral race in, in a village of somewhere. If they don't have vital interest, if the globalists don't have vital interest in that position, they let it go to whomever. Um, but at the top, at the top level, this is the way the mountain of government works, operates, and it's it's become um, it's become clearer than ever the the need for sons and daughters of the king not to continue to allow this because Jesus paid the price already. He said, "All authority is mine in heaven and in earth." That's after he paid the full price. So all of these principalities and all the people that work under them do so in an illegitimate way because our Savior has creation rights, creator's rights, and then he has redemption rights, redeemer rights. So he has double rights on it. And he just looks, he calls us kings and priests, and he tells us to arise and shine. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And so even one comment you were saying earlier, Elizabeth, is that government doesn't care for us and that's what it, that's the lie Satan is advancing. And that's the reality. Some, God doesn't care for us, care about us. Well, yeah. Through, via government. Government not caring. Care gotcha. Right, right. That we, we take it from, from them. Mm -hmm. And there may be some people who are watching this that are, you work in government and say, well, that's not true. I know a lot of government uh, individuals that do care. So we want to point out the difference of how it operates at the top scale, at the places of the most influence where it is uh, compromised through the blackmails, threats, whatever whatever the methodology is. And you really can have, I've run into a lot of um, really good-hearted people that love their cities, love their nations, but the rules that are passed down and the agenda they are forced to conscribe, forced to advance, is one that just makes out of us, you're, you're a number. And we, we saw that um, with the whole thing with the COVID and the masking and all that. It doesn't matter if we don't care if, uh, we don't care about your health, number one. We don't care about your business. We don't care about your freedoms. And so this, is, this has been the reality, but you know, obviously we're not here when we talk about the new narrative on the mountain of, of government. We're not here just to praise uh, the enemy. We're not praising him at all. We're just stating this is the illegitimate way he is showing up. We're acknowledging that we do understand the challenge that is there. We can say like Caleb, yeah, we see the giants. Mm -hmm. The 10 spies say they're huge, they're big, they're impassable. And we say there will be bread for us as we arise and shine with who he is um, because he is the greater, greater than God. Yeah. So yeah, you're speaking into kind of what um, also on each of the mountains we have, we have determined kind of a... Um, 
a picture of the enemy, what the enemy looks like. If God has these seven aspects of who he is, the enemy kind of has these seven aspects or these seven approaches that he comes against um, the kingdom of God, ultimately coming through each of these areas of culture. And here is um, the Girgashites, which um, represent the demons of corruption that operate on the mountain of government. And so this might be one area where we slightly see things differently. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, occasionally we don't see things the wow, same way. Wow, we got we to gotta write this one down. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I'm not at this point as convinced maybe as you are that it's that many that have been involved in pedophilia in terms of the corruption. But what I will say that I feel like um, there is a large percentage and any percentage is not okay. Um, I think that there are, are many that are promoting this lie that God doesn't care about us with this one major agenda that I think is very clear. There's no arguing about it because it's come straight out of their mouths themselves. The, um, the world, um, what is it called? World Economic Forum? Yes, the okay. World Economic Forum where they're having these open discussions about how our our population is just too much and and they need to whittle it back to just a certain amount in order for you read between the lines in order for their lives the elites lives to be all that they could be and talk about not caring about you you know we're we're going to slowly reduce the world's population so that um things can be the way that they want them to be. And, and that is, that's like, if you take that lie from the DMV experience of, you know, I'm just a number with government all the way to, no, not only are you just a number, but you're a number that is too much. We're ready to, to wipe you off the face of the earth. And they're doing it in every way imaginable. Well, it's literally, um, a, a spokesperson, a conversation from, you know, from one of these World Economic Forum voices. And I forget his name, but some head dude. Well, it might be. There's several of them that are saying uh, similar things. I'm not sure if you've seen this one. This was only a couple minute report, almost worth putting on here. But he begins sharing and sounding very wise, intellectual yeah. and caring in some kind of weird way. Caring for the planet. Yeah. It's clearly we have overburdened Mother Earth. And um, he didn't use that terminology, yeah. but it's like, it's clearly the planet was made to sustain only a billion. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have to make the adjustment. He says, we're going to have to make the adjustment. And the idea is, you know, we want this to happen peacefully. Not every part of it is going to be a plus for everybody. But and he, and he speaks it, and you can almost, if you're under the witchcraft of it, you can almost, um, almost, but I mean, not if your brain is functioning at all. Because I saw it. It is what what he's crazy. saying is like, we need to kill seven billion of you, but not have you complain about it, and so that lets you know um, that this is in sync and alignment with Lucifer who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what it is about. When Elizabeth mentioned the Girgashites, just a point of reference in case you just happen to pick up on this one and you haven't heard the other ones, we have 
an association between each one of the ites, which each one of the mountains. So the only one left was the Girgashites. You know, the children of Israel had seven enemy nations that they had to go dispossess. Hittites, mm -hmm. Jebusites, Girgashites, all the ites. And so um, there was there was significance in what each ite was about. It speaks into the basic demonic strategy employs um, that are activated on the mountain of government. And as she said, it's corruption. The, the, uh, the word Gergeshite literally means feet of clay. So someone who's mm -hmm. walking in mud. And so th this is... this is that's that corruption. That's the corruption. And so at the top of the mountain of government, it's like if you have a house and you have people that come in after having walked in mud and what they've tracked into the house, that entire top of the mountain is tracked with the mm -hmm. mud of corruption. But it's done so intentionally. And it's done, as Elizabeth was saying earlier, is an attempt to defile the correct image mm -hmm. of who our God is. So they are letting you know your number. We're thinking for you, the globalist elite. We, um, we know, as opposed to God who actually does know what's best for us, we know what's best for you. We know what's best for God. He doesn't really exist. And um, they come in the opposite spirit. Among themselves, they have conversations where they, they call us the sheep or the sheeple, um, the peasants. And so, and we're numbers and they are the rulers. And it's so mm -hmm. opposite. Um, just this one aspect that comes to mind right now, the throne room, we hear the throne room that it is in a central place and it's access for everyone. It's not in a castle. It's not only the elite that get to go there. It's not just the 12 apostles or whoever was a martyr that gets to go there. Literally. Um, there's no limit to how many can be brought yeah. in close. Right. We, we have it from those who have been there. It's like, no, if you want to go there, you can go there. There's no population control. <laughs> there's no population control, but it's also scriptural. If you're wondering, if you don't want to trust the people that have been there, it says, let us come boldly before his throne of grace to find help in time of need. So we won't have time of need then when we're fully in his presence. But if that's the invitation, we understand that that's what sep separates, it's um, not the only thing that separates the manifestation, how his kingdom is showcased versus the enemies. We go to, you know, you go to Europe and you see the old castles and you realize, oh, wow, it's very privileged elite are the only ones that make you. And that's nothing, uh, nothing like heaven there's no wall right. walls of defense to keep the, the the people out and he's the ultimate servant he came as the son of man the son of man came to serve not to be served and you imagine that the king of kings the king of the universe and he comes and he says he came to serve and so that's the spirit he wants released mm -hmm. through those who understand um, who he is as king and ruler and that's part of our assignment, we go into much more, obviously, in our resources when you get there. So, so in short, um, there is obviously an agenda of the enemy, and it is to distort um, our experience of who God is as king and how he governs and how his kingdom was meant to be distributed throughout the earth. Um, that's what's being distorted. So, in essence, those that are called to impact this area of culture, and really all of us are because we should all be voting citizens, we should all have voices into um, our governments because ultimately a government 
should be run by the people and we have representatives that need to hear from us so that they can properly represent us in the choices and laws and all of that. So our job when we're called to, to impact government is to promote the correct perspective of who God is as king. And so just like every area of culture, ultimately our best defense is to know this aspect of God so well that we overflow with who he is into this area of culture. And it comes as second nature to us to govern the way that he governs. Um, Unfortunately, I think one of the biggest areas from my perspective that has um, prevented this from happening throughout generations now is um, a wrong theology in the church. Yeah. And so can you speak into that? This this thought of church and state and keeping them separate and church saying that, you know, anywhere from it's a sin to be involved in politics to even now we have so many amazing Christian leaders who refuse to speak publicly about issues going on in the nations from their pulpits. Well, it's uh, it's obviously part of the work of the enemy, part of his deceiving work, part of the assignment. You would assume that part of Lucifer and his demons assignment on the mountain of government is to convince the church to stay off mm -hmm. because he's heard Jesus say, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There is no mountain that's going to have a greater gate of hell than government. So if he gets to theologically convince the church, and we know there's some entire denominations that do not allow their people to vote, participate with politics. It's evil of the devil. So whatever we give to the devil does become the devil's. It, until light decides to show up and eradicate the darkness. Mm -hmm. And so we see um, this is just part of the devil's strategy for taking this mountain is convincing those who actually carry authority because he has called us to be kings and priests to our God, that we are to exercise his authority, that we would be the ones that do um, the easy part. He had to pay the price with his blood to rescue that which was lost, the authority that was lost in the garden, he gained it back. All authority is mine in heaven and earth. Go, therefore. And so we are to be the ones that show up with the eviction notices and say, you may not be here. And so we do that in spirit, but we also, everywhere the feet of our, our sole of our feet touch, that's what he's given to us. But it is just, um, it's in total violation of Jesus' first message where he says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. If the salt has lost its savor, it's good for nothing but to be cast out and trampled upon. Mm -hmm. So he tells us what the future will be. It's what we've been experiencing worldwide. We will be trampled upon if we get convinced to stay off of there and consider that some secondary or non-existent assignment. Like, well, the only reason we want Christians there is to try to get other people saved. No, it's on earth as it is in heaven. His way of um, running government, his way of operating as king is what has to be showcased. And I want to just jump to, you know, what comes to mind is um, the, tri the uh, triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Matthew 21. And it tells us, first of all, that Jesus, you know, he didn't come on a white horse. He didn't come on a lion. Um, he actually asked his disciples, Go to the village opposite us, and there you will find a donkey. And tell him the master has need of him. It's like, what? 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 Why would our king 
choose humility. yeah such an inglorious and then what do the people say as they cast the branches in front of him and they and hosanna and um and it's the scripture there in matthew 21 it says your king come behold your king comes to you humble riding on the back of a donkey so he's described first of all as humble and we see that's just in complete opposition to how government is showcased monarchies are showcased here on earth uh, again um, connecting it back to what we know of heaven and what people's experience has been going to heaven and the fact that we have access to the throne room um, he has luxuries in heaven that far surpass all luxuries even of the best wealthiest monarchs here on earth but he's the only king that invites his subjects to be at the same level of economy, wealth, luxury. King of kings. Yes, king of kings. We're royalty. And so he wants us to experience the same level. He doesn't have a different level. It's not like, you know, God has his personal house where he has some fancier faucet for water than we're allowed. It's a you know, poor example, but you get the idea. He's the only king that invites all all his sons and daughters to be at the same level luxury if we call it luxury as as he is and so this is something this is how we begin to um, really discern how we're supposed to operate on the mountain we we don't know unless we look at him we must look mm -hmm. at him it's his image we are to carry so we don't just go to our brain and start thinking of how we can do things it's like how did he do things how does he do things how does he bring change? How does he, uh, you know, and it's obviously a different um, dynamic once we're in heaven. No more enemies, no police, no jails. Uh, none of that exists up there. And so it's, it's a different dynamic bringing his kingdom into a dark, a darkened world. And, and so we have to, we have to learn how, how do we, how do we advance that dynamic in this kind of setting but we, we must engage in those kind of conversations and thought processes in order to even have an idea how on earth as it is in heaven becomes a reality. And I, I think Jesus, you know, by giving his life, he gave us the biggest clue of all of how to, to serve in government. That is to lay our lives yeah. down. Um, I, I think that the word representative is so key because that's where we're seeing a lot of the corruption play out right now from the lowest levels of government, like school boards and city planning, not city planning, um, city council yeah. members and that kind of thing. They're, they're making decisions out of fear and out of their own agendas and maybe some being blackmailed, like you said, in various ways, um, rather than really taking to account and not all this is generalizing but taking account of what do the people in this community want i mean even as a believer i think if i was if i was governing in an area of the country or or city community where you know their basic desires for a, a particular um, law or event that they want to take place or something didn't match up with mine personally, but it matched up with the majority of the citizens that I represent. 
I'm there to serve them. And the problem is, is if, if the majority of the citizens are following the theology of the church and staying out of politics, then they're actually misrepresenting us because we're not speaking up at all. They don't know what we think or believe. So I think one of the greatest action points that you can take away from today is learn, purpose to learn how your voice needs to be heard by obviously voting at every opportunity you have to vote, but also being aware of the things going on in your local school board, in your local community. It's it's grassroots up. It's where we have a voice as we the people into things that happen in our communities. And then the federal government is supposed to take its cues from the representatives on the local level that take our voice from our local places and take them to the seat of the highest government. We have to understand how this works and how we work with it. And, and we should have, you know, I feel convicted over this. We should have immediate knowledge over who our personal representatives are, have their phone number on our phones so that when issues come up, we just hit the button and we can make our voice known and say, hey, this thing that's coming up, I want, you know, or on your email list where you know how to get, and they, they do respond and they do tally up and, you know. And here's a, a reality that's, that's from the scripture aligns with what you're saying. Cause that's what we keep doing. It's kind of, we're covering, you know, the real world and then how this is mirroring cause it's on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so we read in Proverbs, it says, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And when the wicked rule, the people groan. What Elizabeth was talking about, what the people desire, it's not, you know, it, it, heaven is not going to be run by the people's desire in that kind of way. Um, he is king, but it will be run on this principle that we're, we're talking about. The people rejoice when the righteous rule because they're looking out. When you have somebody looking out for the people and somebody with a greater understanding uh, of everything as God does in heaven, then we have a different reality. But this is part of, I remember sharing with um, 200 government people in, in Colombia, and I was like, you want to know what you're accountable to God for? And I gave him that verse. And I was like, for your sphere, and this is practical for everybody that's working in government, thinking about it, your sphere of authority, because that's what you get. You get some sphere of authority, whatever it is, whether it's mayor, city council, advisor, assistant, it's in my area of authority, responsibility, what makes the people groan? And what makes the people groan unjustly? That would be the Suffer. better. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's not, if they're just being spoiled, well, I don't want to work and I want you to give me 10. That's not the idea. But what makes the people groan? Out of suffering, I would say. Out of suffering, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 True suffering. Yeah, justifiably. Mm-hmm. We could say justifiably. And so I gave them the example in uh, in Colombia. I said, for instance, if you have authority, you see that there's lines that are, it's taking everybody an hour or two, uh, two hours to go through. I was telling them about our DMV here in the United States. It's like, you know, you go to government thing, you're going to have someone who just sort of, next, uh, you know, there's going to be no care. Uh, um, you're just a number. And it's, it is next number. And they don't care the lines for forever. I said, if, if that's, if that's your area, and you could add three or four more tellers 
and there's really only you know five minute lines or less and um and they are instructed you know make the people feel appreciated by their government and you are now doing something that stops a practical area of groaning well you apply that in different ways to every of the area but it's it's a principle that comes from um from the scripture and back to this humility uh point you know again it's revealed to us over and over and over when we study who he is and what he does and put on kind of governmental glasses and think through that but you even when you try to f find out you know if you have a conversation between yourself or we could have it with each other it's like well who actually is greater the father the son or the holy spirit and if you ask them you'll be convinced it's one of the other ones because the father will will say my son and the holy spirit oh this well the holy spirit then testifies of jesus my son who i am well pleased and 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 you know jesus will say it's better that i go because i'll send the holy spirit and and then uh, you have them all bragging on each other and this is the culture of heaven mm -hmm. and and so they all carry their their authority but you listen to any one of them and they'll be convincing you that one or two you know the other two or one is 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 the more important one in that kind of way so this is just um this is something else to 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 take um, and ad advance in whatever way. Again, you have to transpose it and think through a different grid when we're here, but it's as we study him and advance him that, that the new narrative, because that's what this is called, echoing the new narrative on the mountain of government. So it's not about going to government like we're going to stop all the sinners, all the sinning in our land. That's really not your priority. Um, you know, Jesus, uh, God, Holy Spirit in the Garden of Eden, their number one priority was not creating an inability to sin if so they made a big mistake putting the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of there so free will is a concept of government there's freedom and free will and he is not into imposition um, on people making choices if it only affects them in that kind of direct direct way you know there wasn't um you know, wasn't looking out for, it's like, well, Eve, you're not allowed to make a decision because it's going to affect Adam. It's like there was, like, it, you do get to make a choice. And so we want to understand these attributes of who he is as it relates to all aspects of government, that he is one, you know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. doesn't say where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is order. So there's all these things as we study him and think about him that really can assist us in being those who can advance and promote a new narrative on the earth. I think that one of the greatest areas um, of insight that we can have is when, for present day, we have an understanding, a clarity, I should say, of how the enemy is strategizing through the people that he's using as puppets right mm -hmm. now. And it's much more sinister. Like, it's taken me a while to really kind of wise up to this and it's something I'm still not sure of, but I'm suspicious of. And one is, you know, um, I remember when the whole, uh, critical race theory and, um, black lives matter movement started a couple of years ago, maybe it was like three years ago or so. And, you know, we're like, well, of course, Black Lives Matter. You know, well, we're gonna like let let's let's pull some of our African American friends on and interview them, and we're glad we did. But we did it 
not understanding naively we'll say naively that the that the enemy was projecting onto at least our nation what they are actually trying to do projecting saying you are divided and you all you care about is race and you judge people by the color of their skin and stirred up all this this stuff that for the most part we have as a society grown past and then when that division didn't seem to like we, we kind of wised up to it no we all love each other you know i'm generalizing here then they said oh okay let's stir the pot division over you know um the lgbt com community and trans community and whatever and everyone else and and then projecting like the very thing they project that, um, you know, you want to stomp on free will and religious freedom by merging church and state. And you, you stay out of politics. You stay out of government. Um, projecting that onto us when they are the ones that are actually, um, how do I say this? Like... <laughs> They're the ones that are crossing yeah. the line of free will saying, we have too many people on the planet, so we're going to choose who of you needs to come out. Yeah. So, so while they're, it, it's, it's the enemy's ultimate strategy, the enemy being Satan, is to choose where the battlefront is. Choose the battle line and make you think it's over here while he's over here doing all this other real stuff. Yeah. And so he said, the battle line is BLM. The battle line is trans. The battle line is, you know, porn in the schools, like stuff that matters. But he's over here doing something completely different that's far more sinister than, than, than what we think. And we're over here busy defending ourselves. And you're, at, not saying, at, and you're not saying we should just let that stuff go. No, no, no. But we're busy defending ourselves on these battlefronts. And then some aren't even doing that. They're just, just bowing to the whole thing and saying, yeah, you're right. We are losers. We're just, you know. And, and meanwhile, it, I think we, we are waking up. I pray we are waking up as a generation, especially a generation of believers, to the reality that the battle line is in one place and it is at the razor's edge of good versus evil, truth versus lies. And we've already won. And so there's no, there's no defending, there's standing in the truth and calling good, good and evil, evil and loving people that are trapped in the chaos and confusion of evil. And the battle line isn't left or right, liberal, you know, Democrat versus yeah. Republican, conservative versus liberal. It, those are not the battle lines. Those things matter, and we need to have a voice into those things. But if we think that's where the battle line is, then we're going to miss what's actually happening right now. That's good. And the main reason we're going to miss, miss out is because it's a uniparty this that's mm -hmm. that is not accidental that is created by the manipulators the globalist manipulators is create 
as uh, you know, they'll say the thesis and the antithesis, and so they can run with the synthesis. And so while we're we're looking or fighting or doing this, they do as part of what Elizabeth's saying. We we can be distracted with war, little battles, while they're winning the war in in a different way. And part of understanding the strategy of of the enemy is in what Elizabeth is discussing as a book. I don't know if you ever read this. I read it. I think about 35 years Probably ago. Probably not. I don't read hardly any books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just being honest, I'm trying to find enough time to just read enough of the Bible. Well, you may have, um, I think his name, the author, it's been so long, Scott Peck, I think is his name. Oh, the actually, road, I did read that book. The Road Less Travels? Yes, The Road Less Travels. Okay, The Road Less Travels. Not the one, I, that's the one that's I slightly, did read that book. Well, look at that, see? <laughs> uh, and they feel good. So you, you could have, you, could have uh, you know, let them think you really, uh, some kind of scholar. That's a profound book. That's a profound book about the, and just the title of it is awesome. Yeah. But there's a follow-up book, People of the Lie. I read that one too. See? Mm -hmm. So remember the idea of people of the lie. I can't, you know, there's just the central point that really established very well in both of their, uh, both of the titles. They're kind of brilliant titles. Mm -hmm. But people of the lie is that he had discovered, um, and his, you know, he's a psychologist, renowned mm -hmm. psych uh, psychologist and author, that evil disguises itself in, it, it looks for righteous outlets. Yeah. So in other words, truly evil people are going to try to be pastors, run daycare centers. They're gonna find positions of trust that people of the lie, people that really are evil and have sinister motivation. Now we understand it a whole nother degree that, than whatever uh, he was sharing back, back then. But it's not so much, you like, why Why do these people in church, why pastors and priests and and all, how do they go bad like this? Well, some do go bad, but there is an intentional positioning that takes place. Infiltration. Infiltration, mm -hmm. people of the lie. And so they will, what are they doing? They're pretending, they know what good is, and they're gonna be, it's just amazing. You say, Black Lives Matter, what a tagline. It's like, yes, Black Lives Matter. And, and, and it had nothing to do with that, an entirely separate agenda funding and was everything. to cause the very division that exists in the enemy's heart. Yeah. It's... Well, and what, what, what we can always do there, you know, the, the famous saying, follow the money. And that is really true. When anything, all of a sudden, a new slogan, name, person, anything is released and starting to go viral, it really would do all of you, do all of us, um, real good to learn something from these days we have gone through and 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 like okay wait a minute who is funding this mm -hmm. who is funding this and uh, uh, you know when you see big pharma funding a certain campaign and you know big pharma is the one that specifically they are the intended army for depopulation this is the arm of it. Doesn't mean if you work for big pharma that you're one of them, but if you're at the top, um, you are. And then if you're a little bit lower, you saw what just happened. And so this this is part of uh, the learning curve for us is, to, is, is seeing how he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we have to show up. We have to show up fully dressed with the armor of God, 
yeah. uh, fully clothed with our spiritual weapons. It's not primarily a natural uh, battle at all. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. But then it's those who have sold their soul to powers and principalities or are beholden to them through um, blackmail or, or whatever. And so it, it really is is up to us. You know, we have to have the Davids that don't just look at like, oh, wow, I'm sure Jesus is going to come and take care of Goliath. But we look at it and say, what is that? Who is oh, that uncircumcised? You have a right to be here. Yeah, you, my creator paid the price for the redemption of all earth. He asked the father, asked him, son, do you want the nations as your inheritance? Because that's really where it came from. Psalms 2 is the father asking the son, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for an inheritance and the ends of the earth. And so we know that the son said, yeah, I want that. So we participate because he's worthy. He paid the price with his blood on the cross. And so to not join in in his work of redemption and of cleaning up the mountain of government is to say no to our creator who died on the cross for us. We'll champion that all the time, but then we'll go back to yawning and say, no, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come and do, do all this when he's like, I've given it to all authority and powers mine. Go therefore. So let me ask you a question. Um, I don't think that the goal is for us to just get Christians running government. We've had Christians, you know, we've had, this will come out more and more, but I believe like the Bush family was not at all what we thought that they were. No. And supposedly I remember him, I remember being so impressed back in the day when Bush Jr., you know, talked about how he'd been an alcoholic and he gave his life to Jesus in his Southern accent. And I was like, this is amazing. We're going to have a, a, a godly spiritual leader, you know, over our nation. And, um, Lord, let everything attached to that that is not the truth be revealed in our lifetime. Right. But, but obviously the goal is not to have Christians just running everything, nor have this become a Christian nation. Okay. So can you speak into that? Because a lot of Christians will say that, you know, oh, well, we need to get back to being a Christian nation. Can you speak into what's what's the goal here, ultimately, for us as believers? Well, if being a Christian truly translated into being the most Christ-like, mm -hmm. we could say the goal is to have Christians in every place, the most, more Christ-like. But that's not what being Christian means. It's we have 50,000 denominations. It's all kinds of infighting. It's all kinds of nuances of, oh, you only baptize in the name of Jesus. Well, it needs to be the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And you, we, we sprinkle and you do this. And then we have rules. And, oh, you allow your women to have... Uh, um, it's more about religion than about a true reflection of a relationship and so with that's Jesus. Why, that's why we have this, no, we don't. We don't want Christianity to dominate. If Christianity represents the sum total of 50,000 denominations and all the variations. But what we do want hmm. is kingdom-minded individuals. Okay, wait. I, I, I know, I know, you know I where I'm going. going. So kingdom-minded individual. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be kingdom-minded if you are not in relationship with the king but what we want people is like, if you're in a position of government, I remember how I've told you before, I was touched by the general of the armed forces of Peru many years ago when he began to tell me, he says, can I tell you a prayer that I wrote? And he showed me actually his prayer to God. And he's like, 
And he says, Father, help me in my position to not go too strong one way or the other, to not be a coward when evil is there, to be willing to send my men to challenge them. And he was having to fight the Shining Path guerrillas at the time in the nation. And he says, but help me to think of the young men, I would think, as if of my sons, and so that I would not lightly send them. And I was like, and at that time, he was not, he didn't really have a relationship with Jesus. He, he, he does now. And so he wouldn't, he might not have qualified as Christian. He did know who God was, but he had, uh, he had an understanding. He said, he had, I, I remember looking, I'm like, I have not uh, seen such a pastoral perspective by a pastor when he just talked about everything he processes and everything he's, he's doing. So we want people. His heart re reflected kingdom values. Kingdom values. Yeah. And so that's why, um, you, you know, it, it is the Lord. He, he tells the children of Israel, you'll be the head, not the tail. That's, so it doesn't just come from we made it up that we want to be in charge and that kind of stuff. Uh, you'll be the head, not the tail, above and below. But he, he's he's comparing them to those who openly, because all the nations around sacrificed children were involved in um, bloodletting, bloodshedding, and 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 all that kind of even cannibalism. And so he's like, no, you all need to to be that. But um, you know, and it's hard to clarify that in a very short conversation. So out of it, we lean to not saying that the goal is is having Christians there in that kind of way. But even the way you explain part of that, I would be a little concerned about because from my perspective, when we talk about the kingdom of God coming to earth and specifically into government, we're wanting to see good rule and evil not rule, right? And so obviously over time, that should mean that more and more followers of Jesus who live in relationship with him and therefore have kingdom values would be in positions of service. Right. But it doesn't mean we're going to become a Christian nation, meaning Christian, not Muslim, not this, not that. I, I, I would think that that of high priority for any government leader who is good and not evil even if they're a Christian, their goal, their priority is to preserve the very thing that God has preserved for us, which is free will. Right. And God went to incredible risk to preserve our free will. That's the whole point of what went wrong in the garden is because God put so much value on free will. And he knew we would take the road of free will and we would use it wrongly. And so even though... We might think, oh, if we could just get all Christians in charge and get back to being a Christian nation where it's only Christian and that's the best thing, so we know what's best for everyone. We've actually, if we did that, if we have that mentality, we have not reflected the heart of our God who says, even though I know what's best for you, I would never not give you the choice to choose the best or not. And, and, and that's what and you would agree with that, right? Right. And that's that's what I'm saying. A kingdom minded individual would understand about the king and his kingdom because mm -hmm. that, that that's how he operates. That's how he showcased himself. The You know, uh, he, he was the opposite of the Pharisee culture. The woman caught in adultery. There was 
in the prodigal son, there is a, a representation of, uh, in both cases, if we go to those, we won't go into any kind of depth at all, but the woman caught in the act of adultery, it ends with, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. He chases off her accusers, and he misses the chance to harp on values and to say, we need to go ahead and stone her now and eradicate adultery as acceptable. He saw that they're trying to lynch this woman who, he knew her history. He knew who had abused her and whatever. Uh, the prodigal son, the same way. Yes, you do need to pay the price. That's why the Pharisees hated him. Is like, yes, you went to the pig pen for a while. And so we need, we need to um, keep you. You may not come back into this, into this kingdom. And so his, his heart for, um, for process and, and um, is, is something that has to be valued. And, and the freedom component that you're, you're championing is just absolute. Like it doesn't, we will say this, um, you know, it becomes a different reality in heaven, even though there's free will still in heaven. But he understands that the process you have to go to to get to heaven the bowing you have to do that you need a savior, someone else, the whole thing makes it so there's no, uh, they don't have to have a correction board um, in heaven and all that. That's why that's where our, our challenge is, is okay, there he has a different level of subjects. It's eternity. And here we're full of um, the evil that, that's around us. And so how do we advance here? But it's definitely not... Um, in deciding to exterminate, not to go through the Holy Inquisition again, if people remember that in history. It was a massive failure. It doesn't do anything. The kingdom, if the point I could have made already, you may have been looking for it, the kingdom of God cannot be advanced through imposition. The kingdom of God is advanced through the influence of the king. He says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And so we have to understand that, and it becomes difficult nowadays as we're trying to resist the intentional agendas when they come in and, and actually trying to suppress reasonable, decent, mm -hmm. um, everything, uh, whether it's curriculum in school, then it makes, it makes us want to come in the opposite. Let's let us extinguish and suppress them. I mean, see, that's a natural instinct that could come, but it's not right. the kingdom of God. So you don't, you don't deal with, evil's agenda by replacing it with another agenda. You deal with evil's agenda by, to the degree that we can, pushing evil back and allowing good to flourish. And, you know, we as believers, as followers of Jesus, know that the source of anything that is truly good is God. It is God. But, but God, as you were saying, this nature of God, he's okay with people's process of discovering that he is the source of everything good. So therefore, we have to be patient with people's process. We don't connect the dots for them. We don't say, we know what's best for you. Therefore, if we have the chance, we're going to make this a Christian-run government and, it, and, and only Christian because we know what's best for you. No, we we'll, we we help create an environment where evil is extinguished and good is is flourishing and then allow people through that process of free will given protected given by god protected by government so that people can connect the dots in their lifetime wow 
I live in a place where I'm given the, the, the freedom to fail or the freedom to flourish and not just survive. And, you know, surviving is good right now when there's a depopulation agenda, but the freedom to flourish. And in that process of flourishing in my lifetime, I get to connect the dots to the source of, of that flourishing, which is God himself. And Christians get to love them through their process. We get to serve them in all the ways that we can serve in every area of culture and certainly in government while they connect the dots. So it's this fine line because the enemy would love for us to overreact to what is being exposed right now. You know, it, it would be real easy to say, not only do we want you to get the porn out of our libraries, our school libraries, but we're going to now put all this other stuff in there that you have to read. Like there has to be a respecting of that. Can you just, as we're closing, can you speak into this, this idea of the fact that our forefathers of this nation actually were, um, many of them, Christians? And so when we say, let's get back to the roots of this Christian nation, are we saying get back to being an exclusively Christian nation, or are we saying get back to the constitution that they put into place so that it would protect people's ability to choose or not choose their religion? Well, I'm sure, you know, there's different perspectives on that, on history as, as we might imagine. And so I think- What's even, yours? Well, the constitution is good, but rather than me champion the constitution, I'll just champion our constitution, with this, which is the scripture. Mm -hmm. But the scripture properly understood is what our founding fathers did desire to use as the, the foundation of our constitution was clearly um, the scriptures. And they were trying to extract from there um, what would be appropriate for government. In that, we had some, you know, some that leaned one way, some that leaned the other. It really was, unfortunately, we had a minimal um, representation of those who actually believed in religious freedom. The Puritan background that came across a high percentage, really, except for a couple really influential leaders um, that were that were heavily involved in our in our our founding documents. They wanted kind of forced. You know, the Puritan thing was being pure, and so they had to leave there. Not really for freedom's sake. They had to leave because it wasn't pure enough, and they needed to be where it's pure enough. So this is this thing where where the enemy comes and and takes something that's good, the desire to you know Make be it holy, legalistic. And, yeah, but you can't impose. You can't impose that. It has to be from the heart, and so. Um, our constitution um, has, uh, and particularly when it's interpreted correctly, has great underpinnings. Has underpinnings that come from the scripture, and that's really what we want to um, we want to learn from. And you know, I think there's going to be adjustments over, I don't know, the generations. There could come a day, and there should come a day where we say we're a Christian nation. And it doesn't mean what it would mean now. Because so many choose willingly. Well, there would be a better model of what Christianity mm -hmm. is. Christianity, a, we're going to be a Christian nation to a high percentage of the hearers. That means, oh my goodness, we're going to impose uh, standards on people and insist on certain behaviors. We're going to be like the Pharisees. Like and, we we traded evil's agenda for now religious agenda. And literally... it. 
to, to the downside of our founding fathers, well, we'll say even the 1600s, uh, in the 1600s, in our original cities, Boston and, um, and other ones around there, it was, you were not allowed to vote if you didn't go to church, for instance. And then there was, you could be whipped for not going to church, publicly whipped. Wow. Um, a female was literally executed by the Puritan governors um, because she would not stop teaching. And we do not permit a woman to teach. So they carried that so far in our nation, United States of America. That's part of that. My book that we haven't talked about, Seven Mountain Renaissance, where I say there's two streams of Christianity been fighting against each other for 400 years. And one of them is the one we're going to do this by imposition. And it's kind of, I say, the John Calvin stream. And then the, what comes from the George Fox stream. Neither is a perfect representation of it. But there was uh, the George Fox. He said, I was taught by the Lord. There is that of God in every person. And the John Calvin and what comes out of there is, no, there's people that just are supposed to be in a position of service and really um, the white man was supposed to be the one that's in charge and, and women are here. And if you're Native American or of color, you're, you're somewhere else. And so, um, and may not have done that uh, good by talking about that and bringing such little example, but my book has much bigger example uh, frame of reference if you want, want to see that from. But we understand, that's why I say, but we would both be considered Christian. Mm -hmm. The Calvin stream the Fox, and, and yet one is closer, uh, and I'm sure, you know, Fox had some, George Fox had some hard things, um, and, and, but that's ideally will come the day where we've so represented Christ in a better way that we say we're a Christian nation, and the first thing that comes to people, it, they would think we're loving, we're kind, we believe in freedom, and and those those type of things, not, not and, woke type stuff, right? But, yeah. And a and a Christian nation because there was such an environment of freedom that people had the opportunity to discover him, the real him, for themselves, and choose that. Not because Christians slowly started infiltrating government, just like evil people had, and we kind of take over government. That is an agenda that is not how God is. God, God does it. He plays the long game and he, he does it through influence versus, as you say, imposition and influence. It's that it's the leaven that, um, and, and what's, what is our leaven is our love. It's our hearts starting back to where we started with this of the heart of our King who laid his life down out of love for, humanity and love for society and he he laid his life down and he's the most humble king of all if we actually showed up in life like that and certainly in government like that um there is no reason why this wouldn't organically grow into a christian truly christian nation and the deal the parallel that's correct is very similar to what you said you're like we're not you talked about infiltrating government so we can take over no, but it's actually very close to what is the truth of what he actually tells us. You are the salt of the earth. Yeah. It means bring influence everywhere. Yeah. So it's it's just the slightest. The influence and the um, I'm interrupting, but the influence and the and the agenda, I think, is just love. The agenda is not a self fulfillment um, type agenda. It's it's an agenda 
on behalf of the person that you're serving. It is. To but love there is, them and give them a healthier place to live and thrive. Yeah. I mean, we go on and on. There's championing of values. So mm -hmm. love is not just... Yeah. Love, We neither one of us are for the woke stuff, you know, because that's the woke part of the disguise there is it's all about love. And so in the love, there's not a championing of values. And so it doesn't matter if you have curriculum with values for your children. There has to be within this process, there has to be protection for the least of these. That's exactly right. There has right. to be protection for the children. And protection for truth. And protection for truth. And so um, from that standpoint, we do want to be intentional. And we may, you know, some may through error say, we got to infiltrate and we've got to uh, and, and they may be saying it wrong, but it's, uh, um, there's a correct yeah. way. We've I mean, got to learn how to give proper language to it. That doesn't, that doesn't create a perspective of God. That's not accurate. Yeah. All right. Well, we've gone on long. And I, you know, I will just say that I think the, the Holy spirit is, is teaching all of us right now as, as followers of Jesus, how how to love and um that that love looks and sounds different depending on the person in front of you or the issue in front of you and we have to be able to see the difference and speak to the difference because we can speak the truth about an issue and call good good and evil evil while we're loving the person that is being um either confused by or part of the issue, if that makes sense. You know, like, for example, the, the, the trans issue of um, just, I would say the trans issue in general in the LGBTQ community, but, or trans in, um, in, what am I trying to say, in sports, in women's sports. So you've got men competing because they choose to identify as a woman when they're not a woman, and they compete in women's sports. And then women that have, you know, given their whole lives to try to excel at something and work so hard, and they have no chance of winning because a man just decided to identify as a woman. And so we can make it very clear at the same time that we are saying, no, you are a woman or you are a man. You were born this way and we are so sorry that you are struggling with this confusion in your life and this mental issue and we are here for you and we will pray for you. We will love you through your process. But meanwhile, related to this issue of women's sports, you cannot cross this line. And so there's a way to, to speak both truth and love well said and so here's the deal because we i mentioned the word woke twice so what is woke there and this could be helpful for um advancing the thinking on this woke is the hijacking of compassion and Ooh, so it's a good way to say it because what it is it looks like compassion for a minority or a person who has had a difficult time in uh, and things that have happened to them, depending how we how we apply this, mm -hmm. and so it it markets itself people of the lie. They market themselves as the compassionate of the least of these, but it's a hijacking of the compassion because the money, the original brain trust for all that comes out as woke, it really is 
if you if you follow it to its actual start, it's part of the depopulation agenda. You just do that. You follow that. The money will be there for that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they want less and less. They, it, it's anti-family in nature. It's anti-regeneration um, life. You'll have, you'll have again, pro-abortion, pro uh, amazingly, shockingly, having children with these experimental uh, surgeries and intromission of hormones and other changes that all they know is like everyone that does it, it's a 90-something percent chance they are not going to ever have be a part of reproduction. So it's an anti-reproduction um, move. And so we kind of not be so deceived by people of the lie anymore. So when we talk woke, we're not against compassion on the least of these. You can isolate someone who's, who's born and, and has both genders uh, uh, on them Physically. manifesting. And there, there is, a, in that individual case, there's a way the compassion and help of the Lord comes. But you don't introduce a whole new reality. You don't brainwash young children into thinking that a basic truth is no longer truth. So that's a conversation for another time. But Yeah, it's not loving to um, embrace a lie that someone's believing with them. But you can be loving, and they will know where to come when they're ready to let go of that lie. Anyway, hopefully you've been helped some through this (laughs) new narrative on the mountain of government. And... um, And we're discovering it together. You know, we don't, none of these discussions are meant to be um, a comprehensive, you know, tell all on any one of these subjects. We're just getting the conversation going, I believe, as a generation. And the Lord is going to continue to teach us how to echo the new narrative and what the new narrative is. Um, The reality that there is a different narrative is a great place to start. Well, um, okay, so... Going back to your book, Renaissance, that you mentioned, we are in the process of getting many books reprinted. Um, Renaissance right now is only available as a, an ebook or PDF download. You can go to our website, restore7.org, to find that there. And um, same thing with the Rise Handbook that we frequently refer to. Um, and if somebody wanted, you know, you mentioned Peck's books. Um, do you, what's his full name again? I'm not sure. There's a Scott Peck. Scott Peck. That's and it right. might have been an L as a, something I don't know, L like Scott that. Peck or Scott L Peck or something. But it's Scott I, yeah. Peck and People of the Lie and... The Road Less Traveled. The Road Less Traveled. It's been a long time since either one of us have yeah, read I would have those. To, I want to read them again and see but how it all fits in now. You know? It would be a really interesting book right, right now on both of those. Um, and then I thought we could end, we haven't done this with any of these so far, but I just wanted to read over you as part of just our prayer ending. Um, God's heart for us is King. And when we wrote the rainbow God book, which you can also find as a PDF download or ebook on our website, um, we, I got this just download from the Lord for each one of his faces and just him, his heart speaking as that face of God over us. And so one of them here is God as King. 
And you can find those um, at the end of each chapter in the RISE book or on the RISE um, course. I actually yeah. have the recording of it over music, of me oh, yeah. speaking it's really it good. It's over really music. Good. Um, so I'll read this over yeah. us and... Close with that. Yeah. One other thing. I'm trying to remember what I was going to come back to. I guess it was just the Renaissance book. Um, okay. You might be... Oh, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To announce the, yeah. The Someone You Should Know interview um, that is going to follow this in a week um, is featuring uh, Harry Hutchison. And Johnny did an incredible interview of this, this amazing man. He happens to live here in Nashville, so we were able to bring him here into our home studio. And Johnny had some great time with him, drawing out of him. Um, he is the director of policy and one of the senior counsels of the ACLJ. Am I saying that right? I believe that's so. Yeah, under um, Jay Secular. Under yeah. Jay Secular, ACLJ. And among many other things, super, super sharp gentleman. And you're going to want to um, definitely listen to that interview because it, it, it just causes a lot of what we've talked about today to really land home and um, understand how you can follow someone like Harry, who is um, really a pioneer in the area of government as a believer. All right, so let's just receive from our, our Papa right now. God is King. He says, my sons and daughters, kings and queens in training on the way to the throne. In order to understand my kingdom and my government, you must know that your experience with earthly government is quite inferior to mine. My kingdom is the context in which my heart as your king is seen. As your king, I am delighted to serve you. I'm delighted to share my power with you and display to and through you my better ways of doing everything. I created you with royalty in your veins, whether you ever feel it or not. I created you to know me so well that you care about what I care about. You are an extension of me and my kingdom in the earth. You are proof that I rule and reign with wisdom and mercy and justice. You are proof that I rule and reign. My government, the way I do things as an extension of my very heart towards humanity and creation, my government was set into motion before time. And what I set into motion always, only, ever increases. My kingdom, my government, is always, only, ever increasing. If you have eyes to see, the kingdom has come and is coming like a runaway train that cannot be stopped. It's coming in you, around you, and through you, and all who are mine. Open your eyes, open their eyes, to the good news, my kingdom is overtaking your lesser deficient ways of doing things. Believe and tell them they are orphans no longer. Sons and daughters, together we shall reign on the earth. We will reign over all sickness, over all disease. We will reign together over poverty and lack. We will reign together over every injustice and over every broken system. You and I 
we will reign over every lie that has ever been told or even implied about who I am and who you are to me. Awesome. All right. Well, I guess we close with that. All right. See you next time. Mm -hmm.